You know, when I look back at the early stages of my career, uh, as a leader, I felt that I often was more like a method actor trying to shoehorn my actions and my behaviors into what I thought a leader should be. And to me, that's at the heart of the leadership model that we shared last week. We're going to do a deeper dive this week about being fully human, being fully you, being fully authentic when you show up as a leader. So we're going to do a deeper dive and talk about why this model is such a distinction from past models. Uh, we'll talk about some of the attributes and why some may be more important than others. Uh, but most importantly, I almost see these 16 attributes like a menu where you can select those elements that are true to your nature and why this is so important today. So let's get right to it. Come on in, grab a snack, welcome. Hi, come on in, grab a snack. <laughs> We've been just talking about popcorn <laughs> and the mixture. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's funny, Joyce, you say, come on in. We actually are talking to ourselves. We had such what I think was a good conversation before we jumped on. Uh, yeah. That uh, it's like, why don't we record that instead of yeah. this? But anyway, and I had some, I something we used to do to get popcorn I of ideas or something. Anybody out there who remembers what we did when I said, let's popcorn, let me know. So today we're going to return to the leadership model we talked about last week that um, are both drafts. Each of us had a draft. A lot of the things were the same. Some weren't. I wrote it. Um, hoping to publish it in 2020 and COVID in life took over. One is called fully human leadership and the other is called, I think more accurately, being not doing. Here's the premise. Uh, leadership at the top emerges always to meet the needs and the demands of what the company has to have to survive. So there is no one generic top leader period. They may, and even if you say here are the skills of a CEO, um, they'll be weak in some and nobody gets it all right. They have to be smart enough to know they don't get it right and hire some help on it. But we are in a situation where the leadership couldn't slowly evolve into what the world demanded. So for leaders today, you have skipped a generation of development. So if you feel inadequate, <laughs> You should. <laughs> and in fact, most of the good leaders I know always felt slightly inadequate to the task, but they wanted to do it anyway. So don't think that everybody's cocky and sure and all of that. So in saying that, Bob and I, oh, I know what too, we were remembering this. We had a workshop and we put five different models that are commonly used of leadership up on the wall and asked people to look at them and cherry pick and take those that they needed in their organization. So that underlines, you can't get it right. You need to make a leadership model for your company that fits. So, and right now you've, we've skipped a generation and I've made an attempt to say, here's what's needed. That's what we're gonna do today is play a little bit more with that model. Hello, yeah, Bob. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, uh, you 
offline, you asked about how relevant, or is this perhaps a little dated? If, mm. if I think about the, the chaos that exists in our world right now, uh, I see it as more critical and needed than ever, meaning the old playbook of uh, take these courses and get and hone these leadership skills. Uh, while they're still important to some degree, they're insufficient alone. And that's that's what I think uh, the model that you uh, created a draft of and ultimately will uh, do another draft after these conversations uh, at least delivers a model in a world that is such a need to have people skip maybe two generations. Yeah, it's exciting and we are flying through the air. It is the old bridges change model where you, you're a trapeze artist and you have let go of one swing and you haven't caught the other. So we're, we're mid air. So we thought for today, rather than rattle through all the qualities again, that we challenged one another to pick three that we thought were that popped out to each of us the most. You wanna go first? I will, and and these are three that that, uh, and I'll do one, and then I'd like you to do one. Mm -hmm. uh, they're what not if we in the order. The of same ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine that. <laughs> I hope maybe one or yeah. two. Any rate, um, uh, out of the sixteen, uh, the the first one that I uh, identified as one I really liked and see is needed is connecting. Um. You know, and there there are a couple of reasons. So if you remember connection, you know, that the leader is the ultimate connector, aligning associates from vision through execution to profit on a path that connects the results of each element so they have an embedded coherence. So connecting with the right people, with the right task, uh, focusing on the right uh, uh, things. Uh, um, I, I think I selected this one uh, First and foremost, because any leader today, as good as they may be or as experienced they may be, doesn't have all the tools to do it alone. So they need to connect uh, and bring in their board of advisories. Uh, um, I think uh, a second reason is if I look at the modern workforce, uh, this is a workforce that demands uh, to be able to connect with a leader in a way that it resonates with them. Um, and I'm not saying that wasn't always important, but I, I clearly see that more important uh, now. And I guess the third, and this is kind of going against the headwind of what I see a typical leadership would sit on their perch, uh, feel that they have the right people in the room uh, to make the decisions that they ultimately go down uh, and use uh, uh, almost like a cascading approach to having other people do their bidding. That's not going to work. So it's connecting in a way that you have the right people uh, in the right conversation, focused on the right things. And uh, um, I only wish I'd had this 20 years ago. I'd be better at it. So there, Joyce, anything okay. you would add? I know it may not be yours, but. No, I, I'm, I'm thinking that I, the last sentence I wrote was most importantly, connecting the customer with the experience they want in buying. So it's not just the leader connecting with people, it's the leader orchestrating the connections that are necessary. You know, saying, oh, I'm gonna connect this group of people to do X, Y, Z. So that's all I would add. 
know yeah, what no, thank you. How 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 aware am I that I miss the sentence that begins with most importantly? So thanks for uh, clarifying. <laughs> no. Oh gosh, I I picked culturally adept, uh, and I think I'll read it. Modern leaders will have to understand and work with and encourage every kind of difference with no bias. That means everything from race to creative types, to different functions, to different countries, to the quirk of their own team, to religion, to hairstyle, because modern leaders need every bit of talent that they can get their hands on. It's the talent that needs to be seen and used um, that needs the focus. And so, you know, DE and I might fit under this, creating um, an atmosphere where people feel welcome and I think that's all I wanna say. You know, that, that don't, um, I know what, don't get focused on quote, one down groups or one down people, make it equally inclusive for every darn person. And if there's some extra t attention that needs to be given, great. But the ultimate goal is a welcoming of everybody. It's, I, I, I was going to head into affirmative action <laughs> and I, then I thought I'd stop. Um, if the way is not being paved or made welcome to any one group, the, and maybe in our society right now, the black community, just know that there are other hidden groups right now that are also neglected. So how do we bring real inclusiveness? Yeah, what, what, and that, what I, find, yeah, I don't, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I didn't pick this one, but what I think is so important about this is it does take what I think is the old model of leadership and I'm saying way old, like 30 uh -huh. years ago, where you literally surrounded yourself with like-minded people uh, uh -huh. and people that look like you and I feel comfortable with you. And I know that's changed and evolved over time, but it, it's almost like this is at the other end of the continuum. And it's having this radar, having this sense intuitively of what voices are either not represented or uh -huh. are muted. So, uh -huh. uh, and, and it kind of goes back. If you're, if you're going to compete in this chaotic, unpredictable world, you better have a 360 view of what lies ahead. And you don't get that without being culturally adept. Right. And also culturally adept uh, across countries. Yeah. Oh, for you sure. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Because many companies I'm, I'm are global, and we did many a workshop where <laughs> each country, the, one of the best things I ever did, I had each country represented say, here's what we think you think about us. 
And the Americans got it right. They said, we think that you think that we're arrogant. And everybody in the room said, yes, that's it. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Not only that, you're loud. <laughs> you're loud and you're often wrong. <laughs> and also, you eat too fast. You don't enjoy your dinner. So um, we need to go beyond compensating for past mistakes about inclusion and to assume that every darn person needs to be welcome in the culture. Yeah. And I don't think that's easy. Um, I, you know, I, I just, uh, because that's not where people, most leaders focuses on, um, but it really broadens uh, their perspective. Well, you how do you get a company to look at all of its employees as its tribe and not a, a mixture not of different blobs of tribes, if that makes sense. Yeah, I had a CEO, yeah, I had a CEO uh, that I worked with uh, was absolutely adamant about changing the richness of differences uh, around, at the time, mm -hmm. his table. Yep. Um, and, and literally put the gauntlet down and holding everyone in that room accountable that over time, like it doesn't have to be next week or next month, but over time, um, we have to represent the face of our customers and, and literally cascaded that down. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of bad raps against affirmative action, uh, you know, that it's kind of passe, we don't need it, it's not fair. Um, it, it's what was needed, that mm -hmm. we are going to have um, more African-American presence, um, more international presence to the point you just made. Uh, so uh, it's, it's one where you, you have to have a little bit of courageousness to be able to, to bring about that reality. Mm -hmm. This isn't just saying, go, go get some other people in the room. It's, no. no, it's about creating a uh, kind of a cadence consistent. And that um, ought to be a self-adjusting mechanism to say, do we reflect our customers? Yeah. Do we reflect our consumer? Anyhow, it, it's a tricky topic. No, I like it. I kind of set up my second one, Joyce, but you're thinking. No, I'm done thinking. <laughs> okay, that's it for today, folks. <laughs> another another drop mic moment from George. Go get some popcorn. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So my my second uh, is courageous. Ah. You know, and I just gave an, an example of a CEO mm -hmm. uh, that was courageous uh, in times that were otherwise very good to kind of make a stand uh, around all voices being represented in the room. Uh, so um, when I think about courageous, I, I don't mean like a superhero courageous. Um, you know, this is one I think that embodies being fully human, uh, to use one of your titles, that <laughs> it's about showing up warts and all, the good and the bad, and recognizing it and seeing it, and, and ultimately leading in a way uh, that, that, uh, that you lean into your discomfort and you're vulnerable and the ability to say, I don't have the answer, uh, which, which, you know, 
as short as 10 years ago would get you thrown out of your position. Mm-hmm. So being courageous and, and whether that's in decision-making, whether that's in shifting uh, the culture. Um, but I think in this world, uh, this one popped into my top yeah. three of the or six. In, or, in, or in truth-telling. And um, yes, I think uh, talking straight to Wall Street takes yeah. courage instead of kowtowing and trying to present an argument for the company that looks good instead of saying, here's where we really are, here's where we really need to go. That I've seen the courage of doing that and it's hard to come by. So yes, I support it. Courage. It is. Yeah. I, I was gonna give you the flip side of that, which if I take a look at my career, there are times when I was courageous that I felt uh, mm. uh, comfortable leaning into that discomfort. But there have been many times either when I was timid or I didn't have the answer, or I was unsure of the next step where I'm, I'm not reading the organization well. Uh, I, I, my tendency was to become very timid and safe. Um, so yeah, this is one that's sorely needed, but there's kind of an ebb and flow to it. So yeah, like and it's not, it's, it's not easy. Usually for me, yeah. I had to wait to get something brewing in me that said, I can't think of anything else, so I've got to do this. Yeah. It's on my And, and I think, yeah, and I've known uh, many a leader, some effective, that have literally, their career was about being right underneath the radar range. Yes. You know, never pushing out and taking that stand. Uh, and it was what we referred to as kind of playing it safe. Can't do that anymore. Oh, I love that. That was a great one. I picked so what was your second? Constancy, being constant. Um, we are in confused seas. So you've got to have your hand on the rudder <laughs> and not keep changing things around even when the world is. So it means, you know, sticking to the core of the business, sticking for the values that sustain it and sticking to the narrative that you're telling, the story that you're telling, that um, to be the lodestar, to say, yes, the North Star, whatever, you can count on my voice and my commitment and my principles and my truth telling. I will be constant, lean into me. The world's crazy. I'm trying not to be, lean into me. So I think that that's huge to have the feeling of a leader when everything is very crazy to stay constant. Yeah, I, Joyce, you finally got one right. That was my third. <laughs> <laughs> Being constant. No, I, and I, I can't add much to that. I, you know, um, I, I just think in a world that is chaotic, in a world that seems like it's falling off the axis, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't think you have to look anywhere further than uh, Vladimir uh, Zelensky uh, of Ukraine. I mean, here's a guy that in the middle of chaos, his country actually being attacked brutally, uh, he's been a constant. Uh, so yeah, really important. Well, I'm glad you agreed that that was <laughs> important. <laughs> <laughs> and what's ironic about that? 
if I look at you and I, we're anything but constant. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> oh, I think we're that, That's true. We do. Sh- I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, I'm laughing. We're constant at sort of a chaotic approach to serious topics. Anyhow. Absolutely. I'm a weird one. And I'm not even sure why. And that's clever. Hmm. I would think a lot of people would probably say, let's take that one out. But I know that the new workforce is pretty big and clever. Can you think quickly? Can you think creatively? Can you grab an idea and make it happen? Can I grab an idea and make it happen? Um, and I see I wrote, I put this near the top because this is a quality that supports high demand, constant change, new ways of working and serving the customer. You got to be clever, fleet in your head. Um, because clever means quick to understand, learn and apply ideas. So now that I read that again, I'm all for clever. I couldn't agree more. I, I it's funny. I thought about clever, but it, uh, Maybe it's because sometimes I think I'm not all that clever, but uh, <laughs> uh, you you have convinced me that the clever of the 16 should be the top three. So we, we shared about uh, before we came on uh, that we see if there's one that we might say could be jettisoned, kicked out. What'd you come up with? Nothing. <laughs> I tried. Um, did you get one? Every time I no, read it, I go, well, I really think I kind of want to keep that. Yeah. If you, if you remember when we did that retreat with leaders and we put up all the different models, yeah, uh, th- there was probably no more than eight uh, either headings or characteristics. And we have 16. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe we can combine two or get rid of one. And I just, well, every time I, I went know. there, it was ca- diluted. What about casual and companionable? Oh, I, it says I, working in an informal, comfortable environment makes the high demand world we work in more tolerable. It doesn't mean sloppy or out of control. It doesn't mean never spiffing up for the right occasion. It means keeping foolish rules out of the way of getting work done and allowing for some fun and restoration of energy. Can I? Can I, I sh- Go ahead. I could almost take that out. What? Well, I'm going to bare my soul a little bit oh. here, if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, in the later stages of my career at Fubai, and I was a, uh, uh, I, I believe at that time I was either a vice president of operations or I might have been the VP of HR. And I was asked to come to one of our division meetings. So this is a group of stores uh, that covers a region. And I was introduced by the local director and she was trying to be very complimentary, but she set up my conversation with the group by saying, many of you don't know Bob Stapleton, but I know Bob Stapleton and he's unlike any leader that I've ever experienced. He makes you so comfortable. He gets you opened up and free and doesn't come from a, uh, a position of fear and intimidation. And uh, I'm like breathing in as she's sharing that. And so I get up and I said, <laughs> you know, thanks for that introduction. But looking back, 
there are a couple of people that I wish I'd scared. <laughs> so I, I see it as the, I, I see it as the North star of my leadership style. And, you know, and so yeah. I'm against jettisoning it. <laughs> I think that's true. And I just, yeah, companionable. Yeah. Okay, let's you, keep you, it. You, okay. <laughs> I was going to give you another example, but I don't think we need to. I think we're close to time. Yep. So you're going to try to uh, make this a copy of this available to listeners, right? Yeah, I um, to to everyone, and you probably have noticed that uh, that uh, Joyce and I are a little flat-footed in terms of social media. So we have a Facebook page. Uh, we're going to create a couple of other pages, LinkedIn, um, and maybe Twitter, Instagram. We're playing with that. But uh, Joyce, I will scan it and I will put it out there uh, on our different social media uh, pages. Okay, and we want to hear from you. And I think also it was once I wrote it for LinkedIn, I think. So they could probably find it yeah. there. Yeah, no, for we sure. So we really do. What would you add? What would you take out? And quite honestly, if you totally disagree with it, we want to hear from you. Yeah. We want to make sure that every voice is heard given the conversation that we had a little while ago. Well, good. So Joyce, uh, kudos to you for creating this. And uh, I'm glad we, we took some time to talk about it. Yes, thanks. Till the next time, be well. Any final words, Joyce? <laughs> Let's go have popcorn. <laughs> Joyce and I spent some time in this episode uh, thinking about our own leadership and perhaps where looking at this new model, we did it well and where we came in short of the mark. And our hope is that you do the same as you look at your leadership and how you help other leaders become their more true, authentic selves. So we want to hear from you. If you liked what you heard, let us know. If you didn't, we want to hear that even more so. And next week, uh, we're going to kind of look at leadership from another lens, and that is as an entrepreneur. And the thought is, how can we as leaders inside an organization learn from entrepreneurs and the characteristics that they exhibit to run a business successfully? So until next time, be well. <laughs>